Showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to Saturday Matinee Theater, brought to you by your friends at the Long Box Crusade. I'm your host, Jared Albrecht, the yard sale artist, and joining me, as always, is the Watson to my Sherlock, Pat Sampson, a.k.a. DJ Cristados. How are we feeling today, Dr. Cristados? Uh, I wish I was feeling a little bit better. I just got back from a job interview, and, uh, well, it didn't go so well. Um, hey, you, you mind giving me some of that paint thinner over there? <laughs> what are you giving me with the paint thinner? Yeah, wash some things out of my hair. Okay. Cup. But it just, yeah. I thought it was getting ready for this job interview and geez, <laughs> it didn't pan out. Didn't pan out for me. I know. Guess I just can't color my hair and make it work. Maybe next year. Also joining me is the Mycroft to my Sherlock, my older, wiser brother, Jason the Weasel Skull Aldrich. And how are you today, Jason? I got to get through the seas. <laughs> I won't get my four pounds. <laughs> I got better paint than Pat did. Okay, so you're transcribing. Ah. Good for you. Ah, we also have with us our favorite constable, Delvin the Dark Web Wilkins. How do you do this evening, Bobby Wilkins? Well, I'm kind of anxious. I'm kind of ready. I've been uh, looking for that Harry Crocker dude, and I think if I capture him this time, like I got that perfect hole, and he's not getting anywhere. So if I happen to see that dude, then he, he he's not escaping this time. Well, you might see a guy that looks like him. And finally, we have our very special guest. <laughs> we have Mr. Alan J. Porter. Welcome to the show, Mr. Alan Porter. Thank you, Jared. It's great to be here or to be back on yes. the show. Looking forward to it. Alan has contributed to a couple of Sherlock Holmes books on Amazon. You should check those out. Alan, go ahead and rattle those titles off for us, would you? Sherlock Holmes, The Consulting Detective, Volume 6 and 7. Each of them has a short story in them by me based on true crimes that I sort of twisted and made into home stories. So. Awesome. I've got to get some copies of that. If only I knew someone who could get me a discount. No chance. Didn't think so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Any chance if I color my hair a certain way that we can get a discount? <laughs> Four pounds off or something? <laughs> Oh, goodness. Well, as we do with guests on the show, Alan gets to tell two stories. Because last time we had him on for Casino Royale 54, he told us what his first memory of Bond was and his favorite iteration of Bond. And now he gets to answer those same questions again about Holmes. So, Mr. Alan J. Porter, what is your first memory of Holmes and what is your favorite iteration of that character? I guess my first memory of Holmes was actually finding a book in the school library, which I think was like the complete Sherlock Holmes stories. But what really caught me being a comics and visual guy was the Sidney Paget illustrations. I loved those. I actually spent hours poring over those before I even read any of the stories. I just loved that illustration style and the stuff in it. That sort of pulled me into actually reading the stories. So I would sort of go into the school library in the morning and I would read the Daily Express for the James Bond newspaper strip. I had to get Bond in there somewhere. And then I would pick out that book and read the next Sherlock Holmes adventure before I went to class. So that was sort of my first thing. And then around the uh, early 70s, I picked up a book called the Sherlock Holmes Scrapbook, which was a whole series of articles, different articles about different aspects of Sherlock Holmes. And uh, I actually still have that book sitting on my shelf. And that was the one that really sort of kicked off my interest in the broader Sherlock Holmes and the whole concept of Holmes and the different incarnations, the movies, the comics and everything else. Uh favorite iteration of Holmes has to be other than the canon, the actual the original Conan Doyle stories sure. it has to be the Jeremy Brett Granada TV series um, for me. watch this thing man, everybody who comes on the show yeah. recommends it and I've apparently we are it. covering the wrong Holmes dude I guess you certainly are. are, yeah yeah. 
also helped by the fact that that was actually filmed in my hometown and my father's office was not far from the set. So I actually got to walk down Baker Street a few times, oh. which was pretty cool. So, which, uh, which is exactly where we are now. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Because yeah. <laughs> we broadcast from our studios at 221V Baker Street in London. We flew Alan out here along with all the other guys. and So welcome mm-hmm. home, Alan. Thank you. Yeah. I'm glad you took me out for dinner at my favorite Pizza Express, which is about four doors down from Baker Street. Happy to do it. We eat there all the time when we're here in town. Uh-huh. Yep. And this spotted <laughs> is delicious. Jason gets mad because he keeps ordering fish and chips, but they keep giving him fish and fries. And he, he can't understand. <laughs> how, do, how do I get some chips? <laughs> and then when we bring the chips, Pat eats them all. <laughs> well, let's see if I could just get a job that would just say, all you got to do is eat some chips, stay in this room for four hours and eat some chips. <laughs> That sounds like a good job. I know. It's a good but I, I didn't get it. You know how many chips I can eat? <laughs> I do, actually. I believe we have an audio file of it somewhere. <laughs> but do you have to eat them in alphabetical order? <laughs> well, see, I would line them up, you know, between the big and the small ones and then, yeah. you know, work my way. But we're not here to talk about chips. <laughs> are, are we? I don't know. Ah, well, maybe. Pat <laughs> always wants to talk about chips. Pat, you need to talk about you need to talk about Saturday Matinee Theater and what it is. Would you please let us, Mr. Alan Porter, and the listening audience know. Here we go. Saturday Matinee Theater is a retro review, sometimes indexed show, brought to you by The Longbox Crusade, where we'll be taking you back to the past for some potentially overlooked retro awesomeness in the realm of television, movie serials, or films. Basically, if it's vintage and it's kind of forgotten, we're going to dig it up. We've got some plans for down the road, but for the first stretch of Saturday Matinee Theater, we'll be covering all 39 episodes of the 1954 television series Sherlock Holmes, with some sprinkles of fun tossed in from time to time. 1954's Sherlock Holmes was produced by Sheldon Reynolds. It starred Ron Howard as Sherlock Holmes and H. Marion Crawford as Dr. Watson. So take off your deerstalker cap, light your pipe, get cozy by the fireplace, and let the soothing violin music of Mr. Sherlock Holmes whisk you away into the past. Watch out for that gun. Beautiful as always, my friend. Beautiful as always. I gotta get a Kleenex. I got some tears in my eyes. I'm so glad I can make you guys happy. It makes me happy making you happy. It does. It really does. The last time that Mr. Porter was here, I believe he played some bass guitar for us. I believe so, yeah. That was yeah, that was correct, yeah. Did you bring a new instrument with you tonight? How about the drums? All right. Drum solo, Alan J. Porter. Let's hear it.
Oh, man. Wow. Oh, man. Holy crap. That Tommy great. Lee just, just set his whole drum kit on fire. He's like, it's, <laughs> it's over. It's oh. over. Phil yeah. Collins called, said he's done. Yeah, packing it in. Could have used a little more cowbell, though. <laughs> well, you can always smoke cowbell. Yes. <laughs> Well, we should probably at some point talk about the television series. Someone has to ground the show in reality, and I'm going to give that job to Delvin, the dark web, Bobby Wilkins, Felix Leiter, Silverhands himself. What you got, Delvin? <laughs> Absolutely. Let's get it cracking. Episode 11 was titled The Red-Headed League. Original air date was 27 December 1954. The director was Sheldon Reynolds. The writer was Lou Morheim, with guest stars Archie Duncan as Inspector Lestrade, Alexander Gage as Mr. Wilson, Eugene Decker as Vincent Spaulding and Colin Drake as Duncan Ross. As a reminder, all 39 episodes are available on YouTube. We highly encourage you to watch this episode before proceeding with this podcast because not only is it just more fun that way, but Jared is also about to give a synopsis about this episode, and then we're going to discuss it. So there are probably some spoilers heading your way. So again, if you haven't watched this episode, we recommend you pause here, go check it out on YouTube, and then come back to join our discussion. And at only 26 minutes per episode, it's not really a big time demand. And for those of you who are doing the right thing and watching along with us, don't forget to comment about it on Twitter using the hashtag I'm following homes. Hashtag I'm following homes. Hashtag I'm following homes. Hashtag I'm following homes. Mr. Connor in the house. Nice. That's a few people following homes there. All right. We would love to hear your insights as well. And with that, Let's turn it over to Jared for the episode summary. Thank you, Delvin. As usual, I'm going to do my summary as spoiler-free as I possibly can. Obviously, we're going to have to get through the plot. And like Delvin just said, there may be spoilers in the discussion. So again, I'm going to reiterate, pausing now, watching the episode might be a good idea. But in my recap, I will try to get us through the plot without telling how Holmes works that Holmes magic to solve things, but still get us through the plot. If it doesn't make sense, it will in a second. Here we go. This episode at 221B, where it's just a normal morning, Watson is shaving, and Holmes is squeezing off a few rounds from his revolver right there in their living room. Before Watson can object too strenuously, the lads find a body outside the door to their flat, but it's not dead. Sorry, Watson. It's Mr. Wilson, a shopkeeper who fainted when he heard all the commotion inside of 221B. Mr. Wilson proceeds to tell Holmes that he's wondering about his recent misfortune. It seems that Wilson has abruptly, and without reason, lost his high-paying side job working for the Red-Headed League. And 
it was a good job, too. One where Wilson was being paid four golden sovereigns a week just to copy the encyclopedia for a few hours. And as Wilson learned from his shop employee, Vincent Spaulding, it was only offered to redheaded men like Mr. Wilson himself. In fact, Spaulding accompanied Mr. Wilson to meet Duncan Ross, the man interviewing London's redheaded men for the job. Duncan Ross almost immediately gave the job to Wilson, and all was well for eight weeks. But then Wilson went to his usual appointment to find a letter saying the Redheaded League was disbanded with no further information. His curiosity led him to 221B, and Holmes quickly deduced that Mr. Wilson was caught up in a scam. Wilson's employee Spalding and the Redheaded League manager Duncan Ross were up to something, but what could it be? A quick trip to Wilson's shop and a stop by the Royal Westminster Bank gives Holmes all the clues he needs to foil the crime. But what is the crime? Murder? Robbery? Kidnapping? Not listening to Watson's war stories? Tune in and find out. Okay, gentlemen, it's time for our highs and lows, so let's hear what your favorite parts were, and if you had any not-so-favorite parts, let's hear about those, too. As usual, we will start with our honored guest, Mr. Alan J. Porter. What are your thoughts, Mr. Porter? It was fun. I enjoyed it. I'm not really familiar with this iteration of Holmes. I think I've seen a couple of episodes here and there over the years, but not really sat down and watched them seriously, so it was fun to watch. It was actually pretty good for the time. I like the way they got the basic points of the plot and scheme through. Red-Headed League is one of my favorite Conan Doyle stories because it's not a murder it's not a kidnapping it's a con with a different outcome so uh, yeah it's one of my favorite stories glad to see it done so well and I think part of that and the other thing I really enjoyed was the casting especially uh, Alexander Gage as Wilson familiar with him from other series that he did in the 50s which included one of, one of my other favorite heroes so uh, <laughs> I, I see you avoiding a fun fact with Jared and I greatly appreciate it <laughs> <laughs> so I was actually familiar with him I've watched him many many times and also the guy who played Spalding uh, Eugene Deckers, he was in a lot of 1950s uh, British war movies and a lot of 60s TV shows like The Saint and stuff like that that uh, I uh, grew up watching. So he was fairly familiar as well. So I think two good actors in there. So I think the casting was really good. The way they got the plot over was good. I actually enjoyed the back and forth between Holmes and uh, Watson. I loved Watson's challenging Holmes' behavior. Um, the subtle interplay when Holmes was talking to him but waving the revolver around and Watson just kept waiting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> end of the revolver and pushing it away very subtly and coolly down so I love that the bad points spending 10% of the show foreshadowing something that never played off the whole gun prints in detail <laughs> the firing of the gun just led to that really weak playoff and the force laughing at the end that laughing at the end just killed me that was terrible I don't know why Holmes Banks at a bank where the vault wall is only one course of bricks thick <laughs> <laughs> You think Holmes would have noticed that and banked somewhere else? Uh, <laughs> it's a solid point. <laughs> well, they were so, trying yeah. to save money, so he figured they were saving his money. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, a lot of smart people, you're smart at one thing, but dumb at other yeah. things, yeah. right? Yeah. The fact that pens didn't work should have been a clue. <laughs> <laughs> well, well. This was a bunch of cheapskates in a bank. Yeah, like I said, I was actually very pleasantly surprised with this version of the Red-Headed League. I think it worked really well for 25, 26 minutes. Or should I say the 90% of it they actually spent on the plot, not the stupid foreshadowing. Yeah, it was good. Really enjoyed it. Excellent. I guess that's about yeah. it for you, eh? Yep. All right, well, thanks for being on the show. All right. Cheers. <laughs> I'll shut up now. All right. 
Nine. Fine. Well, let's find out what our buddy Pat had to say about this. Pat, what are your highs and lows, bud? Well, before we do that, I just want to ask Alan, is this your first time watching this version of Holmes? Uh, I'm sure I've seen a few episodes here and there over the years, but I've never really made a concerted effort to sit down and watch this incarnation of Holmes. So, uh, yeah, it was pretty fresh. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I will definitely uh, be watching several more of the, the episodes going forward, I think. it's yeah, Okay, good. That was going to be my question, too, to see if this kind of helped get you interested in you know watching a few more episodes yeah i actually think i have them on dvd i have one of those dvd box sets which has like 80 sherlock holmes episodes in it from various oh, incarnations cool. that i've never actually sat down and worked my way through and i think it has a lot of these on it so i will probably dig that out and, and go check it out well Very you need cool. a podcast to follow along with as you're well of course i will need your expert insights on each episode yeah <laughs> i feel like we're gonna let him down <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's, there's nothing new in that jared is there I mean, I don't know. we all have our roles Sir, and I will continue to let you down. <laughs> well, you got to have standards. As long as we're meeting that, or as long as we're hitting that baseline, that's all that matters. If I had standards, <laughs> I wouldn't be on this podcast. Right? <laughs> yes, that is very true. We'll let that. Let me get to my rambling notes here that I have. I like the gun testing in the beginning. It's like, how many other people live in that building that didn't hear the gunshots go off here? Uh, that's amazing to me. One thing I note down here is a glass of brandy always makes things better. That's a great prescription for a doctor yeah. to give, you know, mm-hmm. brandy. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually right out of the Conan Doyle canon. If you read through the canon, Watson, the only thing he ever prescribes is a shot of brandy for anything. Ah, very He's cool. also very good at telling when people are dead or not, Alan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's dead, Jim. Yep, he dead. He's dead, Holmes. He's dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Eugene Decker, man, I was so happy to see him. You know, if you're going to do a show that has to do with a con, who best can you get to be that con guy? It's Decker. He's just a man of many characters. I thought that was time. He may have done it. Maybe. Maybe. If we're not spoiling it. Okay, he did it. it. You gave him the warning up front. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, he did it. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't be the first time either. Yeah, I really like seeing him. I hope this isn't the last not oh good so i got an i got another episode or so hopefully maybe a few more i don't know but i'm excited to see him again i really think he's just one of the standout actors to me in this show so far besides you know wilkins yeah i like wilkins but i think that Jack free Decker's. wilkins free wilkins <laughs> wilkins is on the other side of that tunnel catching the other dude i'm pretty sure oh yeah that that's right that's right he was there he was there. i know he was there somewhere alan mentioned one of the my notes as well too is the gun pointing watson and holmes are talking and holmes is kind of waving the gun around again going back to the beginning conversation too where they're kind of both kind of chatting holmes gets in that face again i I'm, that's now i can't get that out of my mind i start watching him now and start to see him kind of getting that personal space when he's talking to watson gets kind of close and up to him close talker he's, he's talker. a close talker i enjoyed this episode i thought it was very good the mystery of the con was there and i was kind of wondering how they were going to play this all out and i thought it was all right for me there's not much i have written down because i was really involved in watching this one. Always a good sign of the quality of an episode or a movie when Pat doesn't take a ton of notes because he's wrapped up watching it. Well, Delvin, what about you? I thought at the start that Watson kind of went full Lestrade. In a sense, you can't really blame him because, I mean, Holmes probably does stuff like this all the time. (laughs) 
like you know we're only getting these 26 minute snippets but like Holmes is constantly messing with Watson all the time so you can't even get mad at Watson for snapping like that because he probably was just at wit's end trying to shave you know get that mustache looking right because it's usually always on point and Holmes just ruined his routine so he was a little bit upset I was very happy to recognize as soon as um, Spalding was introduced I'm like I know him right yeah that's Harry Crocker yes (laughs) so I was already just adding a little bit of element of excitement because I really really like that case the case of Harry Crocker I I thought just the redheaded league I thought that was a weird name and then when they brought it up in the story I was like yeah that's weird and so is this Duncan Ross dude and sure enough when the whole episode was revealed it, it definitely was like a reason that Duncan was just cracking up laughing because it was completely ridiculous and preposterous that you know they wanted a redheaded person to write the encyclopedia just crazy you know but hey you know some people have done probably worse things for a lot less money and four pounds was a lot of money back then so I did get that I thought that it was good that Wilson when it looked like Holmes was just going to turn down his case he just got extraordinarily petty he was like I'm going to find out about shooting in a <laughs> shooting in a building okay, I'm sure I, I can get you arrested for this you're a jerk and just that was funny and overall I thought the whole episode was good I agree with Pat it was intriguing to me just to see the the mystery of the whole thing unfold and a lot of that mystery didn't involve Holmes at first because they had to lay out the entire story that Wilson was telling and I thought that was pretty cool too uh, one more thing it, it's always funny to see that Watson even though as soon as he got like angry about Holmes and Holmes just said okay you know we got a mystery to solve you're coming along right and he's like I'm a doctor. I'm distinguished. So you're still coming, right? Yeah, I'm coming. Like, he can't help himself because that's his friend and he's completely intrigued by his friend and his eccentricities. And, and that's cool because yeah, I think everyone does that with their friends every now and again. I was going to say, it sounded like Watson was going to go out clubbing again with a friend from India. And then yeah, Holmes was. stopped him from that. That's, that's why he was an getting old all army ready. buddy, man. They were going to yeah. go on a thunder run, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that Watson. All right. I guess it's my turn. So I'll say this one was a little unique to me because the red headed league was one of the stories i actually remember reading so i knew where this one was going with the others i didn't i honestly don't know if all the other ones were adapted straight from arthur conan doyle or if they were scripted just for the show but this one was pretty faithful to the original conan doyle story knowing where it was going it took a little bit of the fun out of it i guess for me but i did find the opening kind of humorous even as it was alluded to it might not have led to the story or to the plot which was a little disappointing. I did like how Holmes, he just let Mr. Wilson have it. He's like, you are too stupid to be breathing. Just get out of here. (laughs) Basically, this dude was fooled by the same trick I used to fool Jared with when we were kids. You know, it's like, count all these Legos, and when you're done counting this big pile of Legos, you can come play with me and my friends, you know? (laughs) He's like, so I thought that was kind of funny. I thought young Spalding uh, wasn't very young. (laughs) He was he was he was quite mature. Uh, <laughs> Did they ever say how long Spalding was working there? I don't know, man. But it looked like he was working there for a long time. Was it long you know, enough to him to come up with the idea for the tennis ball? <laughs> I guess it could have been. Oh, I see what you. I did see there. where we're going there. <laughs> 
One of the problems, because Holmes mentions that he's 30 pounds richer and he got four pounds a week. So that would have been 28 pounds. That bothered me. But he was there, I, I thought he was there for, wasn't it eight weeks? It was. I thought he said seven weeks. Maybe it was eight weeks, but either way. So it was either 32 pounds or 28 pounds, but it wasn't 30 yeah. pounds. Either way, Jason was annoyed at math. It was. Basic <laughs> math. Come on. And that's homes, right? We practice good math around here. We do. We, we do. do. <laughs> Famous for it. But my favorite, and I swear when I was watching this scene, I think they improv this whole thing, Eugene Deckers and uh, H. Marion Crawford, when he was distracting him, and he just pointed pointed to some random thing on the shelf. It's like, what is that? And Decker's like looked at it for a minute and then it, I swear he just made something up on the fly. <laughs> yeah. And they both kind of had smiles on their face like they knew they were just ad-libbing off of one another. And that, I thought that was really fun. So that marked it up a little bit for me. Like I said, this episode was a little different for me because I knew the plot. I knew how it was going to end. But there was some charming moments in there that made it a fun watch nonetheless. I wanted to add something, Jason. I thought it was hilarious that Holmes has repeatedly during the episodes I've watched. They'll go and do some investigation and Holmes is like, Watson, improvise. Yes. <laughs> and then Watson just has to immediately come up with some zany <laughs> freaking tap dance act while Holmes figures out what's going on. And he delivers every freaking time. Everyone needs a friend like that. That's awesome. He can pull it out at a moment's notice. Get the job done. Yes, indeed. Watson gets my Wingman Award. He's always there. Oh, you guys did a great job covering the episode. So before I get into fun facts, I just have one thing that I want to add that I got a good chuckle out of. We don't normally get good chuckles from Lestrade. He's usually the butt of the joke. He got a good one in this time when Deckers said to Watson after he caught him at the end, he said, I, you know, I remember you from my shop. You were no collector. And Lestrade goes, he collected you, didn't he? (laughs) (laughs) That was a nice line. That was a nice line. Lestrade, or I'm sorry, Lestrade doesn't get a lot of those. To add on to that at the end there, even though that that forced laugh at the end was pretty appalling, I think for a minute there, I was enjoying it because it looked like Lestrade actually kind of had Holmes over the barrel. He did. Because he was like, because if you were shooting in here, that's illegal and I'd have to break you to jail. (laughs) And Holmes is like looking a little bit nervous. (laughs) He's like nudge, nudge, wink, wink. And that's probably the most nervous I've seen Holmes look because like Watson blew up at him earlier in the episode and he took that without even blinking. But at the end, he, yeah, Lestrade's like, yeah, I can totally have you arrested right now. <laughs> and Holmes like, yeah, <laughs> is he? <laughs> I, I thought that was kind of tea. funny. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I actually did think that was funny. I didn't think that was uh, corny at all. You know, it was maybe a little Austin Powers-esque. <laughs> But it had its place. Well, let's roll into some fun facts with Jared. Fun fact number one. Someone in the post-production crew needs a stern talking to because the end credits on this episode are for the wrong episode. (laughs) The names of the guest stars did not match any characters in this episode, and they also credited the wrong director and writer. Dang. Oh, wow. I did not notice that. I'm going to have to go back and rewatch the end credits. Yeah, me too. I didn't notice that either. It's like a hydrofoil. (laughs) (laughs) Or a hovercraft or any seafaring vehicle for Delvin. (laughs) I noticed it. 
I didn't really notice it. But <laughs> well, you guys, I didn't, I don't I didn't even watch were. this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Well, there's no reason for you guys. So usually I pause the episode, and then that's where I write down all the actors and actresses' names and do a little research. That information is also available on IMDb, so I had written it down from IMDb, but I paused it at the end. I went, wait a minute. None of these things match, and the writer doesn't match, and that's how I figured it out. I know all about it. I looked at the internet. That's <laughs> really introduction there, Holmes. That's what I do. I solve these mysteries. Anyways, as Mr. Alan J. Porter alluded to earlier, this episode featured Alexander Gage as Wilson. He was on the television show The Adventures of Robin Hood, which it sounds like Mr. Porter is familiar with. He played Friar uh-huh. Tuck. Meanwhile, Archie Duncan, our Inspector Lestrade, was on that same show, and he played Little John. What? Yeah. I knew it was coming. Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> I've never seen any of those episodes, but it sounds like Mr. Porter might have. That is a fun show. I grew up watching that show. It was my first sort of introduction to live-action Robin Hood. Very cool show. Also, Colin Drake. He was in this episode as Duncan Ross, one of the con men behind the Red-Headed League. He was in a previous episode. He played Dr. Jonas in the case of the Blind Man's Bluff, which oh. also featured Eugene Deckers. Mm. And Colin Drake is going to reappear four more times throughout our series. Nice. Oh, he worked okay. for many years in television. I think I saw over 60 appearances on different TV shows to include Little House on the Prairie, Cheers, Golden Girls, and Highway to Heaven. So he's done a lot of television. That is that for Fun Facts with Jared. Everybody, get your pipes out. Don't get them too close to Pat. We all know what happens when you get them too close to Pat. Kind of everybody, just hold on a second here. Let me put the paint thinner away, too, before we... <laughs> <laughs> light anything up here. Have you been, have you been, I was just snorting the have you been breathing those fumes this whole time? No, not that. Uh, no. Oh, maybe it was that. I don't know. No, Pat's a little crazy. <laughs> okay, so we've got our five pipes out. And to remind everyone what our scoring system is, if you give it all five of your pipes, you loved this episode. Four pipes means you thought it was very good. Three pipes means it was good. Two is just okay. And one pipe I did not like it. How many pipes are you going to award this episode, Alan? I think this is a four. Yeah, I really did enjoy it. I thought it was very good. It was a good adaptation. It was fun. Had some good comedy and some good acting. Yeah, I'll give it a four. Sounds good. All right, Pat. I'm going to agree with Alan. I'm going to give this a four. I actually watched it twice just because trying to get a little more notes out of it. So, yeah, definitely a four for me. Yeah, I watched it twice as well. Ah, Very cool. I also watched it twice, but that's because I have to write the summaries. <laughs> we might have a watching rainbow. Oh my goodness, Delta, did you watch it twice? <laughs> I did not watch it twice. Oh, Dang it. Uh. I know. No one likes me. But I also go different on the rating though. I didn't have to watch it twice to give it five pipes. Ooh. I enjoyed Sneaky Holmes. I enjoyed Watson's improv a lot. Cause he had to do it several times and did it very, very well. And I enjoyed the return of Harry Crocker. So all three of those things put a big smile on my face and allows me to give all five of my pipes freely. <laughs> Eventually, you're going to have to learn that guy's name is Eugene Deckers, but he'll always be Harry Crocker to you, Well, No, he's Harry Crocker <laughs> to me. I'm never changing that. <laughs> I dig it. I dig it. It makes Delvin happy. Older, wiser brother, Mycroft. How many pipes? I'm going to give it four as well. I think it was a good and faithful adaptation of the Holmes classic. It sprinkled in some nice humor. Yeah, I thought it was a very good episode. So four pipes for me. I'm going to round it out by joining Bobby Wilkins. 
Five full pipes. I'm a big fan of the story. Much like Alan, I like the way they took the original story, put the TV show spin on it, and it still made sense. So I'm going to give it a full five pipes. And I waited until after I scored it to ask this question because I didn't want to ding the perfection I had on my horizon. But I have a question for Alan. You probably remember the Redheaded League better than I do. I have read it. Does the gun printing come in at all in the book? Or is that something they just put in the beginning of our episode? Do you remember? It does not come in at the beginning of the book. I don't okay. think. Yeah. The, the, I didn't remember if it was a plot point in the book at all or if it's just, okay. No. Gotcha. Okay, that makes more sense then because that is in keeping with the other episodes of the show where Holmes is usually doing something very annoying to Watson at the beginning of every episode. So that does make sense. High marks on this episode from all of us. This was definitely a good one. All right, now it's time to get into our mailbag here at 221B and see who's been liking, sharing, and retweeting for our wonderful little podcast here. Let's find out who's been helping us out. Starting us off with Sherlock 28 and the little Union Jack after it. Cool. Light the flights. Then we got Aaron Head Moss. Thanks, Aaron. Next up is Al. I think we left our wallet somewhere with him. Sedano. <laughs> our wallet in El Sedano. So next we have Anki Kupfer, and I made that up. So if I said it wrong, please correct me. But thanks for listening. Next up, we've got Ashik Syed. I think I nailed that. Ashik Syed. Thanks for listening, Ashik. Bill Finnis. I guess that's how you pronounce it. Uh, thanks for listening. He's thick with us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's bring oh. it all home here with some Chris at BTO and Bat Books. Sorry about this, Alan, but let it roll. <laughs> Down the highway. Okay, there we go. Cut off. Got a little extra there. Poor Alan's like, what the hell is going on? I actually have a whole stack of BTO albums sitting in there. Oh, yes, yes. He gets it. He gets us. I love it. Next up, we have our good buddy Dave Collins at Old Ben 1. Thanks, Dave. Next, we have Darren and Ruth Sutherland at DSNRS. Thanks for listening, Darren and Ruth. Now we have Eve Nelson Berry. Appreciate it, Eve. It's like three different people. (laughs) Three names they just put in a hat. There we go. <laughs> and on a darkest night and brightest day, we have Green Lantern HG at Green Lantern HG. Very cool. We have Ian B. McDermott. Thank Getting you. Getting a lot of new folks. That's kind of cool. Folks, yeah. Yes, we are. And speaking of another uh, new person, we have Isabella Sela. Thank you, Isabella. You know his name, Bond, J. Bond at Von Groose. Thanks for listening, Mr. Bond. We expect you to die. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> We expect you to like and share. (laughs) And retweet. (laughs) (laughs) And I got my good buddy and colorist on a lot of my art pieces. I couldn't live my art life without him. Ken Solo. Thanks for pumping the show, Ken. And then we have Kevin Dale Duncan. Thanks for listening. We sure there's not a random name generator somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, then we got our good friends over at the Lost in Time on Twitter. Lost in Time 74. Thanks, Lost in Time. Next up, we have Billy John Duncan. It's that random name generator again. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No, this one's Duncan Billy John. (laughs) Next up, we have Professor Frenzy, who is a longtime listener. Thanks, Professor. Professor Frenzy, you're awesome. 
Yes, he is. Yes, he is. And when he's not out fighting crime in Canada's form of Hell's Kitchen, we have Ross Michaud listening to us at Old School Ross. Thanks for listening, Ross. I think it's called Hex Kitchen in Canada. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. And we've got my good buddy, Ruth Sutherland. Thank you, Ruth. And then there's uh, Tim Price at Tim Price 17. I have no idea what happens to the other 16, but uh, thanks, Tim. (laughs) Tom Campbell. Thanks, Tom. The needs of many outweigh the needs of few. Or the one. Live long and prosper. Um, Have sex with a uh, green alien, perhaps. (laughs) Beam me up, Scotty. Beam me up, Scotty, yes. He's Um, dead, Jim. I am a podcaster, not a doctor. (laughs) (laughs) We have Trekker Talk. At Trekker Talk. Thank you very much, Trekker Talk. It's not even about Star Trek. But this joke has been running a long time, and we're not stopping today. Nope. So next we have Wolfgang. That's a cool name. Wolfgang Van Hollen at Wolfgang Van Hall 1. That's definitely it. That's a name generator. (laughs) (laughs) That may be. I want that name. That's a cool name. I just can't wait to hear how Alan pronounces the one that comes after mine. But I've got. Yep. Xenozoic Xenophiles. That's a good little podcast. Everyone should check it out. Alan, who do you got to wrap this up? Well, if I've got this right, it's Homuzu Butsumatsu K, which at W Homes 221B. Ooh, look at that. Was that actually a pronunciation? Yeah. He's so classy. I wouldn't have known either way. I'm going to be honest with you. If I've got it right, I think it's the Homes Something Association in Japanese. Oh, I'm I'm very impressed. I'm just staring at my microphone in awe. (laughs) (laughs) I was just sweating that I was going to get that on my terms. Well, oh, Jason, we're not going to need you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now we all feel uh, inadequate. So, <laughs> Pat, if you will move the paint thinner and I will reach across here into the mail bag. Pat, you will That's get okay. the first letter. Oh, wait. We only have one letter. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's the sound show? of one letter rustling? <laughs> I got it right here. Let me get that mail bag. <laughs> Not as rustly as usual. Yeah, it was, we we're a little light on the mail bag today. What happened, man? I'm hoping this Alan Porter appearance really boosts the signal here. Let me go ahead and read our, our comment. And this one, I think, goes back to when Ryan Daly was on. Uh, it's from our friend Aaron Moss. And Aaron writes, Another great episode, guys. Even Battle Balls did good. So, and then with a little smiley face, hashtag I'm following Holmes. Yes, Battle Balls is a nickname for Ryan Daly. Well, now, I'm guessing that our comments are thin because we're actually producing episodes more rapidly. That could yeah. be. Get it's on almost, the ball, people. When these it's almost like we're a professional unit or something. That's right. <laughs> Once we started speeding these out a little faster, got to get on those ball. We want to get as many comments and interactions we can get. We love our we love our fan. <laughs> our, our fan from Japan. <laughs> Hashtag I'm following homes by myself. <laughs> yeah, I would say definitely uh, that is something we do look forward to is getting your likes, shares, and retweets, getting your names read. We enjoy it. We have fun. Uh, we also enjoy your comments. So please write us. We want to yes. talk to you. We're lonely. One thing we like to try is to see what you guys would rate this one as well. Let us hear what how many pipes you're going to smoke for this one. Oh, definitely. Yeah, let us know on the Twitter tweets or the book of faces. Speaking of which, time to close out this show. Jason, bring us home, man. Will do. So that's it for this episode of Saturday Matinee Theater. If you'd like to hear more from us in the realm of 
comic books, check out The Long Box Crusade. Pat, where can they find that? Well, Jason, I'm glad you asked. You can find The Long Box Crusade on iTunes, Google Play, and most podcatchers at www.longboxcrusade.com. Otherwise, you can find us on Twitter at Longbox Crusade, or we're also on the Facebook at Longbox Crusade. Back to you, Jason. Thanks, Pat. If you want to hear us on our track through all the James Bond films, check out on Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. Jared, where can they find that? Well, as you know. How did you get back over there, Mr. Connery? I, I, I'm cleaning up my act. I'm going straight. I'm not going to make any lewd comments. Not going to drink on tonight's episode. I don't believe that. But the paint thinner doesn't count. I've been huffing that paint thinner for 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something. Ursula Andress, more like Ursula Andress, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yes, anyway, I think we know, Mr. Goddard. We've heard the story many I've times. I've implied that I had sex with that woman. I know. We get it, Mr. Connery. Well, if you want to hear these Nancy boys talk about James Bond, well, Alan Porter's not a Nancy boy. He's legit rich, <laughs> so that's pretty cool. But if you want to hear these other fools babble on about my awesome career. You can check it out on iTunes, Google Play, most podcatchers, www.secretpodcast.podbean.com or on Twitter at OHMSPod. Now, where are those paint thinners? Oh, there it is. Okay. Thanks for that. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Connery. Thank you, Mr. Connery. All right. So if you'd like to chat with us online, anybody but Mr. Connery, we're still settling lawsuits from the last time we let him loose. I have more photos I could send. Uh, yes, I know. You have more photos, Mr. Connery. But when- that, that, that could be why the mailbag's a little late, too. <laughs> <laughs> Pat, where can they find you? Oh, well, Jason, I'm glad you asked. You can find me on the Twitter at Christatos01. Delvin, how about you? You can find me on Twitter as well. D-E-E underscore R-A-Y one nine seven seven. Are we forgetting somebody? Jared. How do I forget Jared? He's a very important part of the show. Jared, where can we find you? I'm on Twitter at D-E-E underscore R-A-Y. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> Wait, okay, no. I'm at Yard Sale Artist Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's all at Yard Sale Artist. Jason? You can find me at Jason Albrick on Facebook, Jason Albrick on Instagram, or at Weasel Skull in the Twitterverse. And we'd like to give another extra special thanks for Mr. Alan Porter for joining us today. Thanks, Alan. Where can they find you? Thank you, guys. It was fun as well. And you can find me on the Twitter at Alan J. Porter. Or if you want to follow me talking about Bond, you can find me at Bond Lexicon. It's worth looking up. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in and listening to us. We'll see you next episode. And the next episode is, drumroll, the case of the shoeless engineer. The beat-up location, right back here at 221B Baker Street Studios. Thanks for joining us. Let's all do our best fake laugh on the way out. (laughs) 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 We are laughing. (laughs) Oh, my joke. I'm going to jail. (laughs) 